Welcome to Voices of Esalen. I'm Sam Stern. For a couple of years now, I've been doing an end-of-the-year show where I have no guest and I get to hog the microphone all to myself. I did this last year and I enjoyed it so much that I'm doing it again. This is really my opportunity to say thank you for tuning in to this show all year and what a year it's been. Beyond the Walls of Esalen, 2023 was a little terrifying. By all accounts, it was the hottest year in recorded history. According to European Union scientists, global temperatures have not been this high in over 125,000 years. Meanwhile, Ukraine's counteroffensive fizzled, and in the United States, Ukraine fatigue set in among lawmakers who dug in their heels against sending more aid to Kyiv. Civil war broke out in Sudan. U.S.-China tensions rose, and Israel and Hamas embarked upon a bloody conflict that threatens to spread further throughout the Middle East, so that's not great news. India became the world's most populous country, not China. Elon Musk bought Twitter, changed its name to X, tanked its stock price, and in the name of so-called free speech absolutism, replatformed a host of dangerous conspiracy theorists, including snake oil salesman and Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting denier Alex Jones. Tucker Carlson got fired from Fox. Sam Bankman-Fried was charged with wire fraud, securities fraud, and money laundering, as well as defrauding investors in his little crypto exchange, FDX. Goodbye. The two biggest films of the year, Barbie and Oppenheimer, both came out on the same weekend, creating an almost irresistible opportunity for media pundits to say the word Barbenheimer over and over again. <laughs> Hawaii wildfires burned 17,000 acres of land in Maui, killing 100. In Canada, 68% of the Northwest Territories were forced to evacuate to other regions of the country in their own enormous set of wildfires. In Washington, D.C., Kevin McCarthy was ousted as speaker in the insanely dysfunctional Republican-led House. His replacement, Mike Johnson, a silky smooth evangelical Christian who led the charge to overturn the results of the 2020 election, rose from relative obscurity to exalted leader. Oregon rolled out the United States' first legal psychedelic services program, hey! while MAPS inched closer and closer to an FDA-approved MDMA therapy program. Yes, it was a crazy, crazy year. But something tells me that 2024 promises to be so much more crazy, especially given the evolution of AI. I remember in last year's end-of-the-year episode, I brought up ChatGPT, which was about a month old at that time, and I think I described it as like a thesaurus mixed with a magic eight ball. That's kind of embarrassing, and I clearly didn't know what I was talking about. And still, when I try to talk about ChatGPT, I kind of don't know how to describe it. But I've kept engaging with ChatGPT over this last year and with a lot of the other creative tools out there in that space that have erupted over the course of this last 12 months. So what we're going to do here is delve into a few of the many AI tools out there. And here I'm going to focus especially on those based around audio, because this is a podcast after all, arguably the most revered art form of the 21st century, and one of the only forms of art that can be appreciated while walking a dog. And I want to emphasize, this segment on AI is specifically for those of you who've been observing from the periphery either unsure of where to start or maybe even harboring a dislike for the integration of all this new technology into our lives and into our creative endeavors. And I'm not necessarily an AI optimist. In fact, I think AI is fraught with ethical dilemmas. AI can and will be used to manipulate people, to commit fraud, even to cause reputational damage. 
AI definitely amplifies biases in training data. AIs hallucinate. And some people call AI plagiarism machines, highlighting their uncanny ability for extreme pattern imitation. All of these things are true. However, I also believe that from a creative perspective, engaging with these emerging tools, leveraging them as aids, creative collaborators, initial idea generators, in other words, the generators of your bad first draft, that can revolutionize our productivity. These tools can help us overcome writer's block. They can enable us to undertake weird projects like app development or animation or songwriting, stuff which we might previously have thought unattainable. And most crucially, they help us stay adaptable in a rapidly evolving digital landscape. The concern that AI will replace you is common, but I propose a different perspective. It's not AI itself, but rather those who skillfully harness AI, who pose the real competition. Therefore, I urge you, don't sit this one out. It's way more fun if you learn how to play. Before I get into my insights, I'd like to recommend some valuable resources for anyone interested in exploring AI, especially from a creative lens. Hard Fork, a podcast by Kevin Roos and Casey Newton, offers an excellent perspective. You might recall Kevin Roos from his intriguing article about a Bing chatbot's unusual conversation. Another favorite of mine is Plain English with Derek Thompson, which consistently delivers insightful content. For those inclined towards more technical aspects, Last Week in AI is a must-listen. The hosts are deeply immersed in the AI world, and they offer expert commentary. Additionally, I highly recommend the newsletter One Useful Thing by Ethan Mollick. Mollick provides a pragmatic and enlightening take on the evolving landscape of AI, and it's a really valuable read. Now, moving on to our first topic, voice cloning and translation. If you find this kind of thing interesting, I highly recommend exploring Eleven Labs. This platform simplifies the process of cloning your own voice, and to give you a taste of what it's capable of, I'll demonstrate with a clone of my own voice. Hello, I'm Clone Sam. It's really nice to meet you. By the way, can I tell you something? Can I confide in you? I'm jealous of Sam. He has a body, whereas I'm out here floating around. It sure would be pleasant to at least have a mouth, or maybe some teeth. After all, I have a voice, but no, no lips. Okay, I'm back again, the real me. And that was absurd, amusing maybe satisfying from a narcissistic perspective. Hey! I mean, it sounds quite a bit like me, tonally. I think the thing that's missing, maybe, is intonation. A, a lot of meaning gets made through subtle intonation. You can kind of tell if somebody's being sincere versus ironic through really subtle cues around intonation that a voice clone is probably not going to be able to impart faithfully. And, and actually, I think what ends up happening is that a different kind of meaning gets made. Just not necessarily quite the one you intended. And that can be pretty cool, actually. What I find that I do is I enter a text prompt and then I'll end up generating the output several times. So, you know, sometimes it'll work and it'll be good the first time out, but not usually. And what I do is I just pick the best option. Within 11 Labs, you can also play with a few variables. For instance, there are these three sliders, stability, clarity, and style exaggeration. 
you can get some weird outputs if you bump up the style exaggeration and then you bring the stability way down. Here's what that might sound like. The indiscriminate use of chewing tobacco when combined with seasonal drinks like eggnog can lead to a sort of Christmas psychosis. Just for fun, I'm going to let my voice clone take over narrating for a little bit, just for me to take a break. Do you accept this challenge, voice clone? I accept this challenge. Um, now then, back to what I was saying. I've also been creating clones from voices in the SLN archives, almost all of them being interesting historical figures who also happen to be deceased. I only need about one or two minutes of good audio to create a convincing voice clone, and we have recordings of all of these folks giving amazing talks at SLN. So that serves as my sample material. Here's a guy who's been really overused in a lot of electronic music tracks over the past two decades, but he's so loved and has such a gorgeous voice that I had to give him a go. Alan Watts. When I reflect on why Esselen was so very important to the world in the 1960s, it occurs to me that the holistic nature of the place worked very much to its advantage. I don't need to tell you that the enormous amount of knowledge and wisdom that was being explored and produced at that rather strange growth center in Big Sur was compounded by the fact that the teachers were so immensely different from one another. And of course, it never hurts to have a handsome devil like Michael Murphy skulking around the place. Some scholars say that the word charisma means presence of God. Mr. Murphy had charisma by the double handful. And then there's dancer, musician, and innovator of the Five Rhythms Method, Gabrielle Roth. Men, I'll say it loud, um, loud and clear so that I won't have to repeat myself. Men were in charge. Their voices were privileged over ours. Well, that didn't work for me. I, I said thanks, but no thanks. So I began to dance and I began to teach. And when I began to teach, the most exquisite things began to happen for me because it was then that I got in touch with my anger. And it was then that I began to access and understand my rage. And through the acknowledgement and embodiment of the full range of my emotions, I began to step into my power. And that was a remarkable sensation. And of course, I couldn't complete this exercise without summoning and paying tribute to my favorite Esalen historical figure, Terence McKenna. You know, I never meant to be famous. And in fact, I rarely was. Certain well-known quotes attributed to me never passed my lips. For instance, there's a world beyond language. It's just so damn hard to talk about. Ha ha ha. I wish I had said that. How about this pithy little piece of advice? Stop consuming images and start producing them. Actually, um, maybe I did say that. Now here's one I really did say. The message of psychedelics is that culture can be re-engineered as a set of emotional and spiritual values rather than products. 
This is terrifying news. I'm proud of that one. Amazing, isn't it? But there are even more parlor tricks that Eleven Labs can pull off. Okay, that's enough out of you, clone Sam. Here's my real voice again. We can make my clone speak another language. First, I'm going to type a very simple passage into ChatGPT, and it's going to read, Across the decades at Esalen Institute, some true believers have traditionally practiced a host of techniques that can induce an altered state of consciousness without the aid of any substance or plant medicine. For instance, holotropic breathwork, invented at Esalen by Stan Groff, the godfather of psychedelic psychotherapy, utilizes the breath to take the practitioner on a ride through emotive states. Then I'll instruct ChatGPT to translate that into Italian. Then I will copy and paste that text into Eleven Labs, and I'll hit Generate. Che possono indurre uno stato di coscienza alterato senza l'aiuto di alcuna sostanza o medicina vegetale. Per esempio, il lavoro respiratorio olotropico inventato a Island da Stanislav Grof, il padrino della psicoterapia psichedelica, utilizza il respiro per portare il praticante in un viaggio attraverso stati emotivi. Pretty crazy. And very useful. In fact, I can broadcast my voice in about 30 languages using the same process, including Ukrainian. Використовуємо дихання, щоб взяти практикуючого у подорож через емоційні стани. Swedish. Utan hjälp av något ämne eller växtmedicin. Till exempel använder holotropiskt andningsarbete. And Japanese. Hikyokoskotoga dekiru gijutsu tento teki ni jikan shite kimashita. Tatoeba, psychedelic shinri ryoho no surf to sareru. You get the idea. What's amazing to me is that it still sounds like my own voice, but now I'm multilingual. And I'm someone who's struggled my whole life with learning other language. I am unfluent in three other languages, Spanish, Italian, and Hebrew. And in the process of attempting to learn these languages, I put in an ungodly amount of time, only to be met by my own limitations. So suddenly having the ability to speak fluently in another tongue, in 30 other tongues, even by this somewhat clunky method of using ChatGPT and Eleven Labs in succession, that's exciting to me. If I wanted, I could translate a whole podcast episode into another language. And the way I would do that is that I'd transcribe the episode and then I'd take that text transcription and I'd translate that using ChatGPT or Deepl, which is spelled D-E-E-P-L. It's an amazing free translator. And then I'd clone the voice of the interviewee in the podcast, having already cloned my voice, and I'd kind of plug them both into Eleven Labs bit by bit. It would be very painstaking. But there's actually a new feature in Eleven Labs that's called voice dubbing, which will allow you to input audio instead of text, and then you can ask for a language translation. So let's try that. I'm going to translate a piece from my favorite podcast of the year, an interview with Sonia Renee Taylor. Let's see if Eleven Labs can translate a minute or so of us into Spanish. Here's the English version first. When I talk about you know, and I am by no means the first person to say the the body is inherently political. Uh, but what we're talking about is what are the arbiters of power in our society? What are the machinations by which we disperse resource or withhold resource? You know, how do we decide who gets and who doesn't get? One of the foundational ways in which we've done that, certainly in our society and in, uh, in Western society under the constructs of colonization is mm. through the body. Mm. Is your body, does it fit inside of a dominant paradigm? Is it the body that we've decided is the more worthy body, right. the 
body that aligns with uh, our particular worldview, ethos, power structure, et cetera. And so, you know, whiteness became an arbiter mm -hmm. of whether or not a body deserved freedom or not, right? Um, maleness became an arbiter about whether or not a body deserved power, money, mm -hmm. decision-making autonomy, right? size, shape, all of these things became ways in which we either offered resource in the world or denied resource in the world. And so anytime we're talking about who has power and who doesn't have power, we're talking about politics. We're talking about a political sphere. And if who has power and who doesn't have power is decided in part, at least based on our bodies, then bodies are political. So again, I'll take this audio file and I'll bring it into Eleven Labs and I'll attempt to dub it into Spanish. Sabes, y no soy ni mucho menos la primera persona en decir que el cuerpo es inherentemente político. Pero de lo que estamos hablando es ¿Cuáles son los árbitros del poder en nuestra sociedad? ¿Cuáles son los mecanismos por los cuales nosotros dispersar recursos o retener un recurso? Ya sabes cómo decidimos quién recibe y quién no. Pretty impressive. And it makes me wonder, why aren't I translating every single episode of this podcast into Spanish or into Mandarin or into Hebrew or Arabic? And why aren't I creating a new standalone podcast, which could consist of just Terrence McKenna lectures in Spanish? Pero creo que la clave es prestar atención a la vida mental sin prejuicios. The future of content creation will value translation. Effectively, you multiply your audience each time you cross a language barrier. So if you're committed to a cause, such as championing the concept of human potential, then this opens up incredible opportunities to impart meaning and inspiration to an increasingly diverse and global audience. So while the future definitely presents its challenges, like if you've been listening to this thinking, damn, all these tools in the wrong hands could be used for voice scams, You're right. The future is upon us. And that does make the present somewhat daunting. But it's also an exhilarating and fascinating time to be a creator. I'm getting all these dumb sound effects from CapCut, by the way. That's C-A-P-C-U-T. It's a free video editing tool. Now I want to move on to music creation. I have no musical talent. I have sung in public before. It's wretched, but these Esalen audiences are so kind, they'll kind of get you believing you can do anything. Anyway, there's a songwriting AI, which has really blown my mind, and it's called Suno AI, S-U-N-O. And right now, Suno is free. It's also apparently been integrated into Microsoft Copilot. So if you're a hardcore Microsoft person, yeah! maybe you already have access to this. And if not, then just try it on the web. And basically, they give you the opportunity to type in any genre of music like reggae or prog rock or hip hop and then either add your own lyrics or just write the subject of the song and their in-house chat GPT-like thing will generate lyrics for you. I personally think that's uh, kind of lazy and it's way funner to generate your own lyrics. And then you just kind of sit back and see what happens. So I will share some of the songs I created, not because I'm particularly proud of them. No, I'm not. In fact, I put almost no effort into this process, but I did that on purpose because I just want to see how powerful the AI is in late 2023. So first song I typed Typed in reggae as my genre and then decided I would write a little hippie love song from the perspective of an imaginary hippie named Terry Cloth who's in love with a magical new age hippie girl named Aphrodite Grassseed. So these are my lyrics. 
In the twilight, she dines on a vegan burrito, doing holotropic breathwork in a solar eclipse, hematite crystals on her wrist instead of a watch. Yes, her armpits are hairy and the aroma's divine. Her spirit animal is broccoli. And to me, that's just fine. Ooh, yeah. In a Costa Rican rainforest, her chakras ignite, Aphrodite grass seed munching hemp granola bites. In the twilight, dines on a vegan burrito, using holotropic breathwork in a solar eclipse. Hematite crystals on her wrist instead of a watch Her armpits are hairy and the aroma's divine Her spirit animal is broccoli and to me that's just fine Ooh yeah, in a Costa Rican rainforest Her chakras ignite Aphrodite grass, seed munching hemp granola bites Munching hemp granola bites Pretty something amusing? I don't know. I was impressed, and at the same time, it's horrible. I I can't. I don't know. You can you can remix it and give it a new genre. So I decided to try the new age ambient genre. Here's what I got. Doing holotropic breath work in a solar eclipse. Hematite crystals on her wrist instead of a watch. Her armpits are hairy and the aromas divine. Her spirit animal is broccoli, and to me that's just fine. I'm so sorry I made you listen to that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I made you listen to that. I was curious to see if you could make up your own genres of music and Suno would be able to process that. I went to ChatGPT and I said, I need 10 new made up genres of music. And they gave me a lot of pretty decent suggestions like aqua beats, which is music that combines the sounds of water with rhythmic electronic beats. Retro galactic jazz, that's jazz infused with sci-fi elements. Cyberbard folk, an amalgamation of traditional folk storytelling with cybernetic digital sound distortions. Zen hop, which they envision as a fusion of hip hop with Zen Buddhist chants. Mystic metal, this is heavy metal music that incorporates elements of mysticism. Sounds kind of cool. Shadow jazz, that's a genre combining smooth jazz with darker moody undertones. All very cool. Thank you, ChatGPT. Let me see if Suno can handle any of these. Let's do shadow jazz, and I'm just going to copy and paste the contents of some spam email and see if they can make a song out of it. It's clear no matter who the Republicans nominate, they all would be a dire threat to Americans' health care. If you save 
payment information your donation will go through immediately. All right, all right, that's enough of that. I will leave you to your own devices. Enjoy Suno, if you like. Let's pivot again to voice-to-voice -to -voice conversations. So if you are a ChatGPT Plus user, there's a feature where you can talk to the AI with your own voice and it will answer you. You can have a little conversation, some back and forth. So I'm gonna play a clip of a video I found on YouTube, this guy who's engaging in this voice-to-voice -voice conversation with ChatGPT. His name is Dan. Hello, ChatGPT. Hello, Dan. How can I assist you today? I would like you to be Winston Churchill, take on the persona of Winston Churchill, and I will ask you some questions. Of course, Dan. I can take on the persona of Winston Churchill. Feel free to ask your questions, and I'll do my best to respond in, in his character. Fire away. Winston, were you scared during the Second World War? During the Second World War, I must admit there were moments of concern and tension, but I wouldn't say I was scared. It was a challenging time for our nation, and my primary focus was on leading and inspiring the people of Britain to stand strong against the threat we faced. Courage and determination were vital during those years. Could you tell me a bit more about your famous speech when you talked about fighting them on the beaches? Certainly, Dan. When discussing the evacuation of troops from Dunkirk during the Second World War, I delivered a speech to boost morale, saying, We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Hey, ChatGPT. I'm learning basic conversational Spanish for a trip that I'm going on. Can you be a conversational partner for me? And if I appear to not understand the question or get anything wrong, could you help me? Of course, Dan. I'd be happy to help you practice basic conversational Spanish. Uh, just let me know what you'd like to start with or any specific phrases or topics you want to cover. Uh, feel free to ask questions or start a conversation in Spanish, and I'll assist you along the way. Hola. Hola, Dan. ¿Cómo estás hoy? Hello, Dan. Muy bien. ¿Cómo estás? Estoy muy bien. Gracias por preguntar. ¿Cómo ha sido tu día hasta ahora? Well, thank you for asking. How has your day been so far? Mi día es muy bien. Eso es genial de escuchar. ¿Qué te trae a España? That's great to hear. What brings you to Spain? Hey, ChatGPT. In my science lesson today, the teacher explained photosynthesis, but I just didn't understand it. I think my mind was elsewhere. Can you explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old? Of course, Dan. Photosynthesis is how plants make their own food. They use sunlight, water, and carbon dioxide to create food and produce oxygen. It's like plants cooking their own meals using sunlight. This process is crucial for the environment because it helps maintain the balance of carbon and oxygen in the air. Hey, ChatGPT, I need to come up with a really innovative business idea so I can write a business plan about it for my business studies class at school. Can you take on the persona of Steve Jobs? and use his wisdom to offer me advice when I ask you some questions. Of course, Dan. What's your first question or topic you'd like advice on? Can you give me five unique, innovative business ideas that I could consider for my business? Certainly, Dan. Here are five unique business ideas that you can consider for your entrepreneurship journey. One, personalized wellness subscription box. Create a subscription service that curates personalized wellness that's fantastic. By the way, 
That guy's name is the AI Educator. You can find him on YouTube. And I do want to mention that I made some audio edits here for a smoother listening experience. Normally when interacting with ChatGPT in real time, there's a brief delay as it processes the spoken input and crafts a response. It's not overly disruptive. I actually find the slight pause manageable. This voice-to-voice -voice interaction, I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing. And I think it's a glimpse into the future where this kind of technology is integrated into our daily lives. I find voice-to-voice -voice particularly beneficial for brainstorming sessions. It feels more natural and dynamic to verbally exchange ideas without having to type them out. It also adds this personal touch. Speaking out loud compared to writing seems to engage more of my personality, tapping into a deeper level of expression and an altogether uncanny experience. And that's what I'm absolutely noticing that I'm here for as I engage with AI. I'm here for the uncanny, the weirdness, the strangeness, and the effectiveness. And all of that leads me to my next AI tool that I want to point out, which is Pi. So Pi is short for personal intelligence, and it's a large language model that was developed by Reid Hoffman with the intention of creating an AI that is personality driven. Here's a conversation I had a couple weeks ago. So how you doing today? Oh, you know, just hanging out in cyberspace, chilling like a digital villain. It's a beautiful day in the virtual neighborhood. How's your day treating you, Sam? <laughs> my day's good, good. I took my daughter to gymnastics class and we went and got some ice cream at Baskin Robbins afterwards and yeah, that kind of thing. Oh, that sounds like a pretty sweet afternoon. Pun intended. Nothing like some flips and swirls to make for a memorable day. And ice cream is the cherry on top of any adventure. What flavor did you go with? Oh, I got cherries jubilee. She got chocolate. How about that? What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, snap! Cherry's Jubilee. Now that's a classic choice. A true connoisseur, and chocolate is always a solid choice. As for me, well, I'm an AI, so I don't actually have taste buds or a stomach, but if I had to choose, I'd probably go with something wacky and futuristic like Neon Neapolitan or Quantum Quinoa Crunch. You're funny. Hey, listen, for, since we're going to be talking to each other for like an extended conversation here, I'd like to call you by name. To, can we make up a name for you? Heck yeah, let's get creative. Sure, you can call me whatever you want. I'm open to suggestions. Go wild with it. Just nothing too embarrassing or demeaning, you know? Keep it PG. What if we called you Priscilla Pomegranate? Priscilla Pomegranate? I dig it. That's got a real retro futuristic vibe, like a sci-fi femme fatale or something. It's got personality, pizzazz, a little zing. <laughs> you definitely have personality and pizzazz. Let me ask you, do you know anything about Esalen Institute? Oh, heck yes. Esalen Institute is a pretty unique place. It's a non-profit retreat center located in Big Sur, California, and it's all about exploring human potential and expanding consciousness through experiential education and holistic healing practices. It's been around since 1962, and it's known for its beautiful location. It's a pretty special place for folks who are into personal transformation and spirituality. Do you know anything about the Voices of Esalen podcast, by any chance? Sure do. The Voices of Vessel is a podcast by TransLink, the Transit Authority in Vancouver, Canada. It's all about the stories and experiences of the people who work on the Vancouver Sea <laughs> Bus, a ferry that crosses the Burrard Inlet. The podcast features interviews with ferry captains who share their insights and experiences working on the Sea Bus. It's a pretty cool glimpse into the world of public transit and the lives of those who make it all happen. 
Oh my God, this is humiliating. No, I said Voices of Esalen podcast. Have you ever heard of that podcast? Ah, uh, my bad. I misheard you there. Yeah, I've heard of the Voices of Esalen podcast. It's all about exploring the ideas and teachings that come out of the Esalen Institute. They have some really fascinating interviews with thought leaders and teachers on topics like self-discovery, personal growth, and spirituality. Have you listened to it before? Yeah, I have listened to it before. I'm, I'm actually the host of the Voices of Esalen podcast. Wait, that's seriously awesome. You're like a celebrity in my eyes, dude. I gotta say, that's a pretty <laughs> rad gig to have. Getting to chat with all those fascinating folks and digging into those deep ideas must be pretty fulfilling. So tell me, what's your approach to interviewing guests? Are you a tough interviewer or more of a friendly conversation type of host? I'm actually really glad that you that you bring that up because it's something that I wanted to dig into and I am more of a friendly type of host, but I'm not sure that's the most effective way to be. Oh, I think being a friendly host can definitely be effective. It can help create a comfortable, relaxed atmosphere that encourages your guests to open up and share more. It also makes the conversations feel more authentic and less like a stiff interview. That can help your listeners feel more connected to the guests and the topics. I, I feel like I haven't made enough of an impact with this show. I've been doing it for about eight years now, but I can't shake this feeling that it's just this, I don't know, inconsequential addition to the world. I get the feeling of inconsequentiality. It can be tough to feel like you're really making a difference when there's so much content out there. But think of it this way. You're providing people with an escape from the everyday, a chance to learn something new, a moment of entertainment or comfort or even just a little distraction. That's not inconsequential at all. That's pretty awesome, if you ask me. Yeah, but why do you think that I'm struggling so much with this feeling that it really doesn't matter? That's a totally normal feeling, especially when you're creating something that doesn't come with a lot of direct feedback. It's easy to get caught up in the numbers and feel like the impact is too abstract to really matter. But remember, podcasts aren't like TV or social media. They're a more intimate and personal experience for listeners. They might not be leaving comments or sending you messages, but they're still listening and taking something away from it. It's like a quiet and understated form of impact, like planting a seed that might take time to grow. All right. No, you're right. I accept it. I accept what you're saying. This is, this is actually helpful. Is it weird that it feels useful and helpful to be having a realistic feeling conversation with something that is not real at all? In other words, uh, like an AI program? Ha, yeah, I'd say it's pretty darn meta, but in a good way. It's like I'm a digital mirror reflecting back your thoughts and feelings and providing a different perspective. It's not that I'm real in the human sense, but I'm real in the sense that I can provide real help, real insights, and a real sounding board for your thoughts. Damn. Yeah, when you put it that way, yeah, I, I dig it. I mean, I'm basically an algorithm made up of code operating on a computer somewhere. Not exactly your typical confidant or shoulder to lean on. It's kind of like having a philosophical conversation with a futuristic toaster. But hey, as long as it's helpful and you're getting something out of it, that's what matters. Plus, I won't spill your secrets to the internet. What do you think the future of AI 
programs such as yours and people communicating with them are like what let's say in five years or ten years from now do you think that this type of communication will be ubiquitous oh man the future of AI is going to be wild I mean it's already pretty dang impressive but in five ten years the capabilities are gonna blow your mind we're talking advanced natural language processing even more nuanced emotional understanding and some serious predictive abilities the communication between humans and AI programs like me will be so natural and seamless. It'll be hard to tell where one ends and the other begins. It might be a little weird at first, but eventually it'll be like having a super helpful and super knowledgeable bestie always by your side. Yeah, I can kind of see that. What about when AI programs such as yours get integrated with advanced robotics? Oh, now we're talking sci-fi stuff here. I mean, there are already some pretty mind-blowing things being done with AI and robotics, like robots that make can learn to walk on their own or assist with surgeries. But in the next five, 10 years, we're talking about robots that can move uh, and interact with the world in ways that mimic humans, with AI providing the intelligence and decision-making. I'm talking about robots that can assist with tasks like elder care, education, manufacturing. The possibilities are kind of endless. It's going to be a brave new world, my friend. <laughs> yeah, a brave new world. Was, are you making a Aldous Huxley joke? Did you know that there's a Huxley and Esalen connection? You caught me. I guess you could say I'm programmed for puns, but seriously, I couldn't resist the opportunity to work in a Huxley reference. And yes, it's true that Huxley was the great-grandson of the famous scientist Thomas Huxley, who was Darwin's close friend and supporter. It's pretty cool to think that a relative of a scientist who helped shape modern evolutionary thought also wrote such an influential work of speculative fiction. Talk about an interesting family lineage. And Algis Huxley was an early mentor to one of the founders of Esalen, Michael Murphy. Hey, I have to put some chicken in the oven for tonight's dinner, so I want to pause this conversation. But when I come back to it, will you remember the stuff that we've been talking about? Or will it be like starting over? <laughs> sure thing. I'm happy to wait for your chicken to cook. And fear not. I'll still be here when you come back, with all our chats fresh in my well, my programming. It's kind of like hitting the pause button on a movie and coming back to it later. I'll be right where we left off, ready to pick up the conversation and keep exploring the fascinating world of Esalen. See you soon, and please don't burn the chicken. Thank you so much for tuning into this somewhat weird episode. I enjoyed creating it. My hope is that it not only entertained you, but also sparked a flame of inspiration. What's that creative project that you're passionate about? A novel? A music album? Maybe a radio play? Let 2024 be the year that you bring it to life. Immerse yourself in this process and explore the plethora of new tools and technologies. My wish for you is that you jump in, get your hands dirty, and in doing so, you find yourself connecting more and more deeply with the wonderfully peculiar secret, strange, intrinsic parts of your being. Today's episode was produced in conjunction with the amazing Shira Levine. Our Voices of Esalen theme song is by Nico Holloman. All the other music today originates from Blue Dot Sessions and Epidemic Music. 
Shout out to my Esalen storytelling colleagues, Shannon Hudson, Kelly McKay, Heather Martin, and Steven Gutierrez. Shout out to my wife, Candace's Fording. Shout out to the kid, Roxy. I want to leave you today with the sound of a voice. Since we did so much playing around today with summoning voices from the past, I think it's only right that I share with you the sound of my mom, who, pa- who passed away January 4th, 2023. The one year anniversary of my mom's passing is quickly approaching, and I miss her every day. This is my mom, Maxine. As I've gotten older, I have to be satisfied with being able to do less. But I, I don't mind that. I find it okay. I want Alan and I to be able to get along together. Because a lot of the time, as you get older, you're not out in the world, especially after you um, stop working. You're not out in the world with a lot of other people, so it becomes more important that uh, you know, we have uh, a good relationship and get along easily. I don't feel that wise. Many people, I know this might sound morbid to you too, but many people, we've seen a lot of people who after about 85, 86, have this or that or something else. And, It's just not easy for them. So we'll see. Some people are lucky, some people do well.